Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Third episode of the week, had Thomas Morstead on yesterday talking some some Pro Bowl and how he's not so subtly having his second best season or almost best season of his career at age 37. Talked to actually, it was pretty insightful to hear players' side of things on the tanking versus, you know, wanting the team to lose and how much players see that or or, or don't. Um Brad Spielberg in his weekly spot. Brad, how we doing? Huge week. We are huge Bears fans. Huge Justin Fields. I've never said he sucked. I've always said he's the GOAT. Um, need need a Bears victory badly uh, this week if you're a Jets fan. They're honestly playing great ball, and I don't really care because you have the Carolina pick. Like, yeah, sure, it'd be cool to have a top five pick uh, of your own as well, but I don't care. Give me six through ten, whatever. It's going to be early. I think I have the same mentality about Jets. We'll get into that, like, you're picking, first of all, a first-round pick at all was not expected. And now, B, with how good this team is elsewhere, you're getting a luxury. Like, you're not going to get maybe like, a, you know, Jamar Chase Bengals is always the example I use. Maybe the Chargers kind of get something like that. But you're still getting a way better pick than you probably should. But I got to start with the best game of Zach Wilson's career, question mark? Yeah, by far. Um, I actually think... You know, we, everyone's pointed to a couple of games. I think there were some there were points. I mean, his career EPA has gone down ever since his first game. I think this is, if I saw it correctly, this is the first game he's ever played in the NFL this Sunday that since week one of 2021 that he'll have more touchdowns than interceptions during a season, which is unbelievable. But I thought the Chiefs game, he had a really nice 10-minute stretch. Um, the Panthers game, his first ever game, he had a really nice 10-minute stretch. He had a really nice 15-minute stretch against the Titans. Other than that, he had a nice 10 minute stretch against the Lions. Like other it's always been blocks. And even Sunday, where he he had one drive where I want to rip my hair out. He had Xavier Gibson running across his face wide open. He forced it into triple coverage. Generally speaking, though, he played his most complete game. Um, I know there was the turnover, but like the moment got a little tight there at 14-6 after his fumble. And he came back and they scored a touchdown. Like that has not happened over his career. So it was really cool to see. Um in the elements, which he struggled really badly in as well. I thought it was the way he went about it, too. I mean, you mentioned, obviously, it's always good to hit wide open receivers, A, to just acknowledge, to see it, and then B, to, you know, pull it off. It's always good. But, like, for me, I think the best throw of the game, honestly, may have been in the first quarter, uh, that that touch pass up the seam to Tyler Conklin. He had, like, a linebacker draped all over him. And I just think also... We saw it more at BYU. I think in the NFL, he struggled at times with like not throwing fastballs on every throw. Not as bad as some guys. There are other guys that do that. No, he's all the Chapman. He's all the Chapman. He cannot just throw a strike. He just has to throw 104 every time. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's been a little bit of that. And that was just like a little play action of Dalvin Cook. <clears throat> you reset your feet, you square your feet and throw a nice little teardrop. Like I know he had basically a pseudo pro day throw to Garrett Wilson as well, which was also, I'm sure a classic, like, no, 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 no. Yes. Cause it was kind of forced in a triple coverage back across his body. But look, Garrett Wilson was open um, and he has the requisite arm strength to pull it off. So like, that was obviously a nice throw as well, but even the, the touchdown to Cobb was one of his patented, like, weird arm angle throws. Like, not a hard throw to make. He was open on a crosser in the red zone. But, but he kind of side-armed it in there. It was was, you know, good yak, uh, you know, placement. So, the way he went about it, and they ignored the box score, which was great. 8.4 yards per attempt, all that. I just thought you saw, like, a couple more stats. I mean, 8 of 11 for 145 yards on 10-plus yards downfield. He was 10 of 13 for a buck 20 on play action. Like, he did everything. This wasn't just a guy hitting open receivers. Happens to be a great, you know, game. Um, but actually, I actually think it was a good game plan from Hackett. I think it was, you know, kind of a collective positive effort. But but yeah, Z- Zachy W, man, the, the New York quarterbacks. What a week. Yeah, it's it's funny. Tommy DeVito had the Jags game from that Zach Wilson two years ago. We threw for like 100 yards, but had one touchdown, no mistakes, ran the ball well. Um, I thought something that we saw, and we talked so much about the offensive line, and I think – Without sounding like an arrogant prick, like people just assume offensive line, everyone has to be amazing. There's they should block well in every play, no matter the front. You just assume that. You've seen it in New York and both sides on on the Giants and the Jets side. You've seen it in Chicago, some of these other places. When you respect someone throwing the ball, if you watch the game, the boxes got lighter and lighter from Houston because they knew like Zach's actually playing really well right now. And like we saw it against the Chiefs as well. Like then there started to be some running lanes. Like, this is why it's not just run to open up the pass. A lot of times it's pass to open up the run as well. Um, it's something that's going to be really huge, you know, on Sunday. This is – I know it's the 5-8 and eight Jets against the the 9-4 and four Dolphins. And so you're like, oh, the Dolphins are at home. They should win easily. Um, you know, we saw Black Friday. The Jets are, you know, 1% chance to make the playoffs. The Dolphins are in the driver's seat to make the division – or win the division. Look at the Jets' remaining schedule. Look at the Bills' remaining schedule and the Dolphins' remaining schedule. If the Jets win on Sunday, which I don't think is crazy. I actually think they will end up winning on Sunday. I think Miami is going to be – Jonathan Harrison might start at center for the Dolphins. Um, He hasn't started a game since he was on the Jets in 2019 where he was um, not so great. Um, You know, nice guy and everything, um, to be be kind. Quinn Williams has eaten up every center in the NFL. This is a huge problem for Miami. When two is sacked three plus times, they're 0 and four. Tyreek kills day to day. If I'm the Dolphins, I know I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I want the Jets to win. This is the game you rest Tyreek to get him healthy because they cannot afford him not to be healthy down the stretch. This offense looked horrendous, um, you know, with him out, you know, on, on Monday. Four or five st- Dolphin starters, Javon Holland and, you know, both starting safeties are going to be out. They're obviously already down, um, you know, Jalen Phillips. There's a lot going on there. So, with Miami, the weather's not supposed to be great. The Jets are addicted to rain games. And more importantly, the Jets do have a chance to make the, There's an avenue for them to make the playoffs. And I know it's crazy. And if you want Rodgers to come back, you want to have relevant games, all these different things. This game is one of the bigger games of the weekend. I think not a lot of people are talking about just because you're like, oh, you know, whatever. The Jets have been bad this year. Like, no, this is a really goddamn huge game for both teams. Massive. And I, and I agree. Like the spread... I mean, the spread came down from 12 and a half to eight and a half. And, I, and I'm still not sure if eight and a half is is accurate, too, just because you mentioned Tyreek. Even if he does play, we saw him fight through injury, but miss, you know, like basically a half. He wasn't of that even really his- on the field and like the last right. drive, which that shows you everything you need to know about how injured he really was. 
Exactly. And he's kind of been playing through stuff quietly, like most of the year. He's been in knee, hip, like he's been kind of dinged up. And maybe it's reached a boiling point where it's like, all right, like it's it's kind of too much right now. And they literally could not do a thing without him on the field. Like it was remarkable. Um, you know, like you talk about you talk about passing up to open the run, like you know, Mostert obviously had the late scores and and they were able to kind of run the ball with him and A-Chan, who's also dinged up and did not practice yesterday. Um, but it kind of got condensed and, and you saw like two or through an absolute buddy pass to, to Jalen Waddle, almost got his head taken off. I don't know if you saw that. Like, oh, I threw, there was another one that was even worse. He threw a swinger out to the back and it was like a knuckleball. And I don't know if it was A-Chan or Mostert, I can't remember. It got absolutely annihilated. And I was like, Dude, you cannot be throwing hospital balls on swing routes out of the backfield. Of all the routes for like, yeah, that's probably number one because you know there's a lot of potential there. Uh, yeah, no, like it was – the offense was, was bad. I mean, against a very porous secondary that's also missing guys. Like that's one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Just a bad um, no defense. Question about Just it. a bad – like Tennessee's a yeah. bad team. Well, no Jeffrey Simmons this, in the game this too. Idiot, best player. This yeah. idiot project, projected a Vrabel masterclass to win nine games and win the division. I'm an asshole, so – <laughs> no it's true it's true um but yeah no jeffrey simmons too best player on the team by a country mile and, and they still um you know but also like a defense that's supposed to take what we talked about i liked in the houston game taking away explosives um will levis was just chucking it deep and like miami couldn't stop it like which, which is they've actually been good in that category all year it's that kind of what vic fangio tries to do um Xavier Howard is not the same guy. I mean, he was either getting penalized or getting, you know, kind of dinged up in his own right or just giving up explosives to like Nick Westbrook Akine. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's Miami's is there like and, and like you said, the last piece, like Connor Williams, I think has, is awesome. Finally gets back, gets healthy. Look, Robert Hunt didn't play in this game for them, a right guard, who I think is honestly one of the better right guards in football, too. I think he might be back for the Jets game, but if he's not and you're getting, you know, Lester Cotton at left guard, the guy you mentioned at center. Yeah. And then Robert Jones, I think, is the backup right guard for Robert Hunt. Like, that's one of the well, worst. Liam, so I, even on top of that, Liam Eikenberg filled in at center. He now popped up with a calf out of Jesus. nowhere. And Robert, Robert Hunt didn't practice. Eichenberg didn't practice with a calf. Hunt didn't practice. Um, Connor Williams is out. Jonathan Harrison got signed this week, and now they have no active guy. It's very similar to the Jets offensive line against the Giants, where every interior guy that had any center experience just kept falling off. And it was like, let's just plug in fucking Xavier Newman, who's never played center before. Um, this isn't a team that, like, going against Tennessee, as much as I know they were down offensive linemen, Harold Landry's a nice player. He's more of like a He's more of your coverage sack guy and, you know, D'Amico Autre and, like, all these different guys. This Jets defensive line, I'm not – again, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like any of their edge guys are, like, a Max Crosby, Miles Garrett. But, like, their defensive line is very good. And just talking to some of the guys, like, they're like, if we had any shot on Black Friday, like, we would have sacked two at ten times. And, like, again, that's what it could have should have. Like, it doesn't matter. They didn't have the lead and they didn't play well enough. But – if Tua gets hit, like he's just a really different quarterback. It's not the concussion stuff. I'm talking about like even outside of that in college, he was like that in the NFL. Like, his feet get really out of whack. And any quarterback you hit, Tua is one of the guys, though, that if you hit him at all, like it's just he's a totally different player. This is a rhythm and timing offense. And yeah, without it, he's they're not the same team. They're, they're really not. They're amazing when they're on, but when they're off, it's like, oh my God, you guys suck. 
Yeah, well, there was this is a great stat to point to. It was from uh, a coworker, Timo Riske, PFF Moo. So this was the third game they've had this season where their average time to throw was over 2.6 seconds, which is, yeah, it's an arbitrary number. It's not a very high number. Like, that's probably like most teams probably average around 2.7. The Dolphins are the fastest in the NFL, like 2.3. And they've lost all three of those games. And they have a negative EPA per dropback in those three games. Every other team in the league when you're over 2.6 seconds is, is overwhelmingly positive. Like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys lead the NFL at 0.33 EPA per drop back, which is a staggering number. Um, you know, when they throw, when it's over 2.6 seconds and obviously, you know, it's selection bias. It's a lot of like scramble plays and broken down plays, whatever, but it just shows again, like not even claim a first read quarterback, but just a rhythm and timing, you know, probably two, your first two reads, like early on in the progression, get the ball out quickly and let your playmakers go to work. Like, when you take that away, they struggle on offense, no question about it. So, yeah, I mean, but the interior matchup is massive. And and, and frankly, you said, look, Austin Jackson, happy for him, got his extension. He's a good run blocker. He's not a good pass protector still, or he's maybe now he's average. Like, you know, at this point in his career, Teron Armstead is good, but always healthy I don't know if he's going to play. Really... Yeah, I don't know if he's yeah. going to play this week or not. When he played against the Jets last time, that's when he was banged up and he just was not the same player. Like, he, when he's healthy, he's elite. He just is never healthy. And I keep going yeah. back to like, I'm so, it was so cool they signed him because, like, seriously, when he is, when he does play, he's very much on the level of a Trent Williams and, and, Thron, and Tyron Smith. Like, he is. He's one of the, he's the third guy in that trio. There's a reason that no one was paying him. And like, New Orleans doesn't, yeah. they restructure everybody and they let him walk. And like, that should, that usually tells you one of two things. They think the guy isn't that good, which is a lot of what guys get to free agency, or B, I'm not, he's not worth the, you know, not worth the money based on injuries. And unfortunately for him, um, I actually, I, I just, it's, that's such a crazy sign to me because like you, when you watch him on tape, you're like, this guy is amazing. And then it's like, he's going to play nine games a year. And it's just, it's unfortunate. Right. It's just when you get those nine games. And unfortunately, usually it's the season goes on. These guys, uh, you know, they break down. That's what happens. It's unfortunate. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No, exactly. It's like you said, it's always a tell when a team like that lets a guy walk because they don't let players walk if they don't want to. Uh, maybe recently a couple, you know, like a, like a, you know, Marcus Williams, like Tyler, uh, Trey Hendrickson type guys when they, when they really just were up against it, but nevertheless. So yeah, like that's a massive mismatch. And again, if they had a Tyree kill and I said, well, they're just gonna get the ball out super quickly again, I'd feel, you know, whatever, but also the Jalen Phillips, Phillips thing to me is massive. I mean, he is to me, the best player on that defense. And I like a lot of players in that defense. I think Javon Holland, one of the best safeties in the NFL, you know, Wilkins and Steeler are awesome on the interior. You know, Chubb's a good player. You know, they have a lot of good football players, but like Phillips to me was the force multiplier, the difference making type guy that made everybody else really, really good. And Andrew Van Ginkle is a, is a fine replacement, a good replacement, frankly, but like even in that Jets game, he was playing really well before the injury. So you strip that out. Um, you know, I, Holland's like, there's so many guys banged up. Holland's going to play, but he's also not hundred percent healthy. I mentioned Howard kind of was coming in and out of the game. So yeah, long answer short, like there are a lot of reasons and, and narratives you could point to, to why you're more confident in this jets team. And the last point too, I don't think the protection really was that good against Houston at all. Really? Like, I think that's also kind of bolsters Zach's performance. I actually think he maybe even the pro day throw. And I think people know what I'm referring to when I say that. Like Makai got beat in a in a half a second, and then he had to you know dip out and, and make the throw. So yeah, like it's 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 lining up nicely for sure. I'm sure confidence at an all time high. You know we're going from he doesn't want to play to he has the best game of his NFL career. Uh, and uh, you know it's it, yeah vibes are high. Yeah, look, uh, it's just it'll be interesting to see what happens here with 
you know, with this game, I think the Jets need to set up the the pass to to you know take advantage of the run. Um, Saving Howard is a DMP yesterday. Uh, Javon Holland said he's going to try to go Sunday, but has two sprained MCLs in both knees. Um, I, again, I'm not advocating this just because they're playing the Jets, but like the Dolphins need to win at minimum one of their last three games, I think. And you know, obviously, it's really comes down to this Bills game. Like they have to, <laughs> they're going to have to beat the Bills in Week 18, but. You know, it, it, this is an interesting game. I think, again, it'll be interesting to see how the Jets take advantage of a Tyler Conklin, Jeremy Ruckert. You know, they, they did a nice, you know, had a nice two, you know, two tight end sets. Kenny Yabobo blocked pretty decently, actually. The biggest shockers, you know, of, of Sunday was... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, I like Mekhi Becton a lot. I, I'm really happy for him. He struggled. That was probably, I think that might be his worst game he's ever played. I It was it was horrible. Billy Turner was the highest graded jet outside of Tyler Conklin, which I didn't foresee happening this year. Uh, maybe a little Billy Turner revenge game against the Dolphins. The one thing I wanted to bring up, we can touch the offensive line, but look, the Jets ran it up last year on Miami, you know, with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. They did the the waddle dance and the whole thing. Um, that's obviously very far removed. That's a year and a half ago. The Dolphins ran it up, obviously, on the Jets and, and Tim Boyle and um, hit the, you know, kept the dancing. There was a lot of fighting and, like, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth. But, like, I can tell you they were not happy about the way the Dolphins handled that, uh, you know, the end of that game. And it was just good for the Dolphins. If you win, you get to talk shit. Like, that's the way the NFL works. I just would say I don't think anyone forgot. Um, they got long snappers talking shit to C.J. Mosley on Twitter after the game. Like, it was a lot of – there was a lot of yapping. Um, I think this game is going to be incredibly chippy. Like, I think when the weather – Dolphins are desperate right now. The Jets are obviously desperate to win games. They two teams already don't like each other. The coaches have an immense amount of respect and are friends with each other. But you saw the way Salah reacted against D'Amico. Like, you don't want to lose to the guy that – to a rival that everyone's, like, crowning Mike McDaniel and everyone's trying to fire you. And meanwhile, like, you kind of accomplish a lot of the same things. Do you make anything of, like, that rivalry? The Jets-Dolphins has always been a rivalry and everything like that, especially back in the 80s and 90s. Like, do you make anything of – they're running it up. Christian Wilkins hitting the Q-Sack dance, the whole thing. Yeah, the battle, the Chad Pennington battle. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, the iron shoulder. Don't 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 yeah. sleep on the yeah, iron yeah. shoulder. Don't sleep Chad on Chad. Pennington. Yeah. So no, I do. It's a, it's a, even as the simplest, just a division rivalry, like for sure. And and I, yeah, like it's a good point to be like, yeah, Solomon McDaniel work together. I I understand that. You know, D'Amico obviously was like, you know, not protege, but kind of. I mean, um, you know, in in San Fran, so. But yeah, a hundred percent. And the, uh, the last piece I should mention here too, the weather's supposed to suck in this game too. And, and it is Florida. So unlike a MetLife like forecast, which I'm like, all right, this is probably not going to change. You know, Florida, it could be sunny skies and 70 degrees, but right now it's supposed to be like 30 mile an hour gusts of wind with the, a decent chance of rain, which is me answering the point. Like it's also just going to be like an ugly, messy game that I think leads more towards, yeah, just getting physical and like chippy post, post whistle, stuff like that. I do. I, th I think it will be. Yeah, I, I'm very curious, too, how a Quincy Williams is going to play because when Quincy's on, this defense is, I think, far and away the best defense in football. When he's not having, like, a superstar game and him and Mosley aren't, like, 
100% on it. If CJ is a step slow or Quincy is a step slow in terms of reading it, they struggle, especially against the run. This Jets team, I think they're 13th in the NFL in um, yards per attempt allowed. Like, they don't actually allow a ton of yardage per play, but they just get run on a lot because teams are usually up. Um, I- I'm just really curious how they're, they're gonna, the Jets are going to attack this. They're going to need – do they need a pick six in this game, a safety, a, a big kickoff return, something to set up easy points? Again, like, it's not a slight at Zach. It's just we've seen it three or four times in 33 starts. So it's like you have to see it a little bit more consistently. But, you know – I don't know. Is Tua going to throw outside the numbers? Like that's a that's a real thing. And he's you know, Ashton Davis has two picks against him. Brandon Eccles has two pick sixes against them. Two guys who aren't even starters for the Jets at this point. Um, Tyreek and Waddle, generally speaking, have not played well against the Jets. I know gets got a little inflated in, in the th- Black Friday game, but the year prior, you know, uh, DJ Reed and Sauce had like played really well. Um, I, I want to kind of hit on a little bit of. We can fin- we'll finish up with what we think happens on Sunday. I wanted to hit on one thing of, I-, I thought about a lot is, you know, Robert Sala, it's a lot of talk of, again, this is very contingent on the Jets winning out. So, like, this conversation is probably premature. But we know they're going to be back next year. We talk a lot about, you know, the improvements that some of these other coaches have made to their teams. And, you know, some we're, we're a little bit, uh, you know, I guess we're a little bit hesitant to try to, you know, with pa- guys that are patient. Like, it's hard to, like, see that as much as a Doug Peterson comes in. Urban Myers to Doug P. Like, you know, I'm not sure you'll see a bigger coach upgrade. Robert Sala, first year, four, you know, four wins. They were competitive in sun. They got blown out a ton. Young team with a shitty quarterback. Year two, they win seven games. It's disappointing because the way the season finished, but again, pretty major improvement. They were a seven and four team that should have made the playoffs all day long. Year three, I know right now the record's five and eight, but like there's a very real chance that they could win eight or nine games, even if they won eight games. It's an improvement every year. They could be a two-plus win improvement year over year with bad quarterback play. Like, are we jumping the gun a little too much on the Robert Sala criticism just because I feel like I get it. They haven't made the playoffs, and they haven't had a winning season yet. That's just all contingent on winning out. But, like, there's a real chance to go from four to seven to nine wins, and that year four jump, which is the natural NFL jump, is that year four of the rebuild, like, everyone's in a good spot. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an apologist for Sala, but, like, that's tangible improvement. That's literally what you're asking for from your coaching to get better every year. There's more to head coaching than your side of the ball, but I also think at a very simple level, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Jets podcast. I've said it elsewhere. Like, I think the Jets have the best defense in the NFL, and he coaches the defense. And we talked about, like, developing a Quincy Williams, a Bryce Huff, and even a, like an Ashton Davis, but, like, um, you know, and overcoming some shortcomings at, at times or injuries at times to that side of the ball, navigating – you know, CJ Mosley's return to football post COVID and working him back in and having him be elite, like all of these elements and components, the interior outside of Quinnen, you're kind of rotating older players. Al Woods goes down like, um, you know, Quentin Jefferson, I think at least as a pass rusher, which, you know, is his MO has been good this year. Like there is more to it than that, but in a team that could have had a ton of turmoil and been in a mess was not this year. Like we thought like Carl Lawson, Devin cook, like all these guys were going to get like shipped off. They're sticking around. There hasn't, at least that I've seen, been any, like, kind of issues. Like, Garrett Wilson at times probably could have been pissed off because he should be, you know, a 1,500-yard receiver. And I'm glad he had 15 targets in this past game and, uh, you know, made the most of them. But, like, I just, I don't know. From the outside, I'm, I'm admittedly not as focused on every single day-to-day. And, and that is important. You notice, like, you know, s- some issues or, you know, communication issues or, or culture or whatever. His side of the ball is elite. 
and it's been overcoming. And again, Zach was great. Let's give him credit. But like, you know, very bad quarterback play that gives you bad field position, get turnovers, um, a, a loss of morale and, and a defense that's like, oh, we got to we give up more than 10 points. We're losing again this week. Like all those things are are true. And I haven't seen really uh, much, you know, strong negativity. We also look like benching an Al Lazard, benching a CJ Uzama, like like doing a lot of stuff that, that could lead to problems. And instead, these guys have, again, from the outside, either taken it in stride or, you know, bounce back, use it as motivation. Like, I think there's so much positive to point to. And sure, you could say, oh, these are all excuses. But like, at the end of the day, like, that, that's how the league works. Like, if you're in a really good division with a bad quarterback, like, good luck to you. So, yeah, I think he should be back. I think there should be no question about it. Um, I think the defense could continue. That's the thing, too. Is there a young defense with players like, a, you know, McDonald, et cetera, that haven't even really emerged yet? Jermaine's still getting better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan from what I've what I've seen. Um, and, and I think that there's, there's room for next year with the Rodgers. You then go, you jump up to 12, 13 wins, and we're kind of looking back, like, why would we even consider moving on from Robert Sala? Yeah. I want to hit on two things quickly. Your free agency article came out. Um, obviously, you know, well done as, as always. Um, you have obviously Thank Bryce you. Hoffs in there and, and things of that nature. Uh, we've talked a lot about Bryce and his market. I still, I thought, I think I'm under the impression he ends up with something in like the three for 50 range. Um, I know you had something a little bit, I think it was like around three for 40, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is it obviously, um, you know, Jason, you know, who obviously worked a lot with, uh, you know, it's on, it was on Badlands and suggested like it's much more in the Jets' best interest to extend him than use the franchise tag just on from a cap space perspective. Is that is that kind of where it lands? Because from Bryce's perspective, he's been making 800K and he got a big, huge raise to 4 million bucks, 23 million guaranteed fully next year would be. It's great. Um, it's probably not great for the Jets though, right? Like it's much more uh, advantageous for them to extend him in the Carl Lawson or a year less of a Shaq Barrett type deal. Yeah, which was the comp that it was in the article. And I'll tell you, like, I went into it um, thinking it was going to be like three, 348, 350 as well. And just you go through, you know, that, that was the heavy focus is like look, using history more and more. Um, and, and look, that the, the kind of like swooper designated pass rusher is back in style right now. And maybe the market's stronger, but like, you know, Josh Uchi fell off a cliff. Like, like there's that kind of let, which I guess could you could argue could help or hurt. But anyway. That was me just trusting the data, trusting the numbers. I mentioned Pernell McPhee. Like, I'm going way back in the, in the you know, echelons of the NFL. The number came out lower just because, I you know, I don't put my feelings and emotion into it. Like, he doesn't play a ton of snaps still. And so, as remarkably efficient as he is, it was hard for me to get a, a much higher than that. But he certainly could. Yeah, you don't want to use a franchise tag. Like you said, yeah, he'll, he'll take 20, 22, 23 fully guaranteed and, and be happy about it. But it doesn't make sense for the Jets. Like, just, just get a multi-year deal done. You are still, um, you know, not even just for like the cap considerations, but also just what's the benefit? You tag him for, which basically was like the guarantee amount in, in the three-year deal uh, for one year. Either he has a great year and you give him a massive contract after that, or he has a down year and you go, okay, we paid him 20 you know, plus million dollars for one season. Yeah. If they're going to get it done, which they should, um, it should be a, you know, shorter term, three, four years. Um, and just, you know, find a number that works for both parties. But yeah, like I said, I actually, I actually don't think it's as exorbitant as maybe we thought, um, just based on history. Like, and again, to the last point, um, you, teams also use that leverage. Hey, Bryce, you've made eight hundred grand a year. You know, it, you're, it's a risk to not take a good multi-year deal and give you generational money, even if it's less than what you think you're worth. You're probably right. 
but like the the downside is is exorbitant, especially playing on you know jet life turf and all that. So just just take the cash and and be happy with it is is an argument you, you hear a lot for undrafted guys. Yeah, no, I'm on, I'm on the same page as you. Last two quick things here. Odds, I know it's like a crazy question, but like, is there a reasonable path the Jets end up nine and eight? Like, I genuinely think there is. Washington's horrendous. New England's horrendous. Cleveland has lost every single offensive lineman under the sun. And at the end of the day, I know Joe Flacco's playing really well, and it's no hate towards him, but like against this defensive line, and Joe Flacco loves throwing outside the numbers more than anybody. Like that to the Jet plays way to the Jets' advantage. Um, I know that game will probably be six to three on prime time, and we'll all throw up thinking about it, but it'll be cool. They're two the two top defenses in EPA per play and things of that nature. Uh, is nine and eight legitimately on the table? And what do you think ends up happening Sunday? Oh, the Browns also have an insane amount of injuries right now, too, which like and a lot of them are, are season enders or multi-week, you know, until playoffs type injuries. So, yeah, it, why would it not be possible? You need Zach to play close to what he did, you know, this past week, which obviously um, isn't the base, you know, line for him. But I just come back to this defense like you're in every game. Um, and then, of course, yeah, the opponents are terrible. So that's huge. Right. I mean, it's um, teams that you can really beat up on. Um, so, yeah, Cleveland's going to be a battle. It probably will be single digit scoring. But I mean, the guys they've lost, I mean, Del, but Okoronkwo, like Mo Hurst has been good. Like they've lost so many players. I, they're on their fourth and fifth tackle, like for this upcoming game against Chicago. Like they might lose to the Bears at home. Um, like you said, we're, we're all Bears fans. So, yeah, I do. And then I think Sundays are, are the, is the set, whatever, the, the Dolphins game is going to be extremely close. I, to me, it's like, I, I need to know Tyreek's situation, but if Tyreek doesn't play, I think the Jets are going to win this thing, like 2017, like type of game. If he's in, we'll see. Um, but if he's out, I think the Jets are going to win this game. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I, I, I'm i leaning towards a, a, a Jets 19-16 win, um, and then I think they, I think Rodgers comes back. I think we're literally getting the, if things break the way they could for the Jets, which I don't think is unrealistic in any way, shape, or form. This has been an insane NFL season. We have every week there's injuries. Every week there's – this is one of those years where, like, there's not really any really, like, elite elite teams outside of, like, two or three. And there's not really been any good quarterback play outside of, like, four or five guys. But everyone's in the mix. We see it. There's, like, half the league, seven and six. That just shows you it's a week-to-week league. I think if thing the Jets win and things break somewhat even the right way, where the Jets have, like, a legitimate – five to 10% chance to make the playoffs and they're six and eight. I'd be really shocked if Monday morning, we don't get a Schefter or one of the Jets beat guys saying Aaron Rodgers cleared for 11, 11 practice expecting to play on Sunday. Like we can say all the shit we want about TMZ. Um, when TMZ has stuff, it's like weird how they're able to get it. It's you gotta have a fat checkbook, but that came from somewhere. Um, and like at six and eight, the Jets can, if you, We'll we'll talk more about this if this comes to fruition. But if Rodgers came back and they 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 go nine and eight, right? If they beat Miami, obviously this is all hinging on beating Miami. But if they're six and eight, Rodgers looks pretty decent for three weeks and they finish on a four or five game win streak. Even if they miss the playoffs, you're going, oh, it's the 2022 Lions. Like we're going into next year saying, holy shit, if we address wide receiver two, tackle, and backup quarterback, and we get Rodgers back, like we're going to win 14 games next year. Like that's what you're feeling like. So again, I'll leave that cliffhanger here appreciate you hopping on as always huge game on sunday um pretty cool to at least be mid-december talking about competitive football for a second straight year huge bears fans um you know huge huge vikings fans i've never said a bad word about nick mullins in my entire life jake browning i hope you revert back into a pumpkin um 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys on on Monday or Sunday night, Monday morning. Appreciate everybody for hopping on. Subscribe, rate, review the whole nine yards, and uh, and check out Brad's article on PFF regarding free agents. If you want to, you know, hop in there and see if the Jets uh, Jets could do anything in the offseason.